Good morning and welcome to AM 1160 The Quest and welcome to the show Shelter in Peace. I am Mari Cleveland and I'm joined here live in our studios by my co-host Josh Harris. Glad to be here. Good morning, Josh. And our producer, Annie Porter. Good morning. Good morning. So we're so glad to have all of you with us. And we've got a, a packed show today, a packed hour together to share with you. We're so excited to be talking once again about the Holy Spirit. And so why don't we open with prayer and we'll open with the prayer to the Holy Spirit. How about that? Amen to that. Okay. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you know, when we read that... um, that prayer, isn't it um, amazing right now, that whole part about you shall renew the face of the earth. I feel like that's what we want right now, right? We want the face of the earth to be renewed. We we were running into it when we had COVID coming on, the whole world, this pandemic that everybody's been facing, and we were asking the Holy Spirit to just renew the face of the earth. It just heals so many people in our own country right now. There's um, just such heartbreak. And so just we want renewal as well. We just are asking the Holy Spirit to come and renew renew our country as well in so many ways and just fill the hearts of, of our faith, the faithful here and, and kindle in them the fire of your love. And so these words from the prayer to the Holy Spirit really go along with what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's superpower. And I forget that prayer. You know, I think that sometimes like I consider the Holy Spirit a bench warmer. <laughs> on the the starting lineup, you know, Um, it's like God and Jesus and then Holy Spirit. Yeah, whatever. But, you know, again, like we, I forget, and I think it's really been cool to remember that the Holy Spirit is really the conduit by which I experience the power from the Father and the Son, right? And um, just even in that moment when I am in a moment of indecision, just saying, come Holy Spirit, I've really, you know, been trying to be more conscious of that recently. And I feel it, you know, sometimes it's just a whisper, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. wait, you know, or <laughs> don't say something yet or whatever. <laughs> but I feel like that prompting has, uh, when I listen to it, and honestly, it, I'm grateful that I can lean on that in like small things too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think probably like many people my, my oh i want to reach for <laughs> instagram or social media or or check my email on my phone and i've just heard many times i've reached for that phone like just just wait you know maybe when i'm in coming out of um like a adoration or or a prayer in front of the tabernacle you know i mean just just giving god that moment mm, versus yeah. interrupting yeah the silence with technology so um yeah anyway that's been pretty cool that that is great and you know josh when you just said that come holy spirit i've heard it said that that's the oldest prayer in the church is come holy spirit i don't know if that's true but i've heard a couple of different priests say that and i thought that was so beautiful and theologians actually say that you know that's the oldest prayer come holy spirit yeah and we think and the reason we're talking about the holy spirit is you know we just celebrated pentecost what about a week and a half ago and we talked about the holy spirit on on 
the program last week and we ran out of time because obviously there's so much yeah. that can be said about the Holy Spirit. Um, so last week we did talk about uh, the sevenfold gifts in Isaiah and some of those gifts that are created to do exactly, Josh, what you're talking about right now, right? Yeah. Really informing your mind, really putting you in that disposition. Um, actually, they called it uh, the disposition, what was it called? It was like the dis, uh, the disposition of being able to, um, docility, of docility, of being able to just let God be in charge and let God, um, uh, being able to follow God's will. It was being attentive and following God's will, being responsive and willing to be taught. And I think what you just described when you were about to, you know, reach for your social media or whatever device, and you heard the voice of God and you were saying, oh, I'm attentive, I'm listening, I'm hearing, and God's will is that I shouldn't do that right now. God has something yeah. better for me, right? He's got, um, he wants to do something better. And just that willingness to be to be taught. So we talked about those sevenfold gifts. Um, and then we also talked briefly about the fruits, which are mentioned in the New Testament. Um, and we're going to talk today more about the charisms because mm. those are more of the charismatic gifts that are talked about yeah. in the New Testament. And obviously, we're not going to have time to go real deep into them. But for those of you who are interested in those, you listeners who are interested in those, you know, there are some really great resources out there. Yeah. Um, Father Dave Pavanka has a new, it's free online um, uh, Wild Goose series, like 14 videos where he talks about, all about the Holy Spirit. Um, there's also St. Catherine of Siena has some beautiful programs on the Holy of the Holy Spirit and the charisms and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and they're also even just online, some, some tests you can take. But I love to teach people about the Holy Spirit and the gifts, those charisms, because that's how we get to walk it out. You know, that's how we get to walk it out. And, and why should we? Why should we walk it out? So yesterday I was really just touched and moved by the readings from the gospel from yesterday. Josh, would you read yesterday's gospel for, for of us? Of course. A reading from the Holy Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all the house. Just so, your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And that reading yesterday, you know, so many of us want to know, what can I do right now? We're feeling a bit helpless. We've, we've recognized that, guess what? We don't have control. If the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it taught us that we are not in control, right? Yeah. And we've talked about that before. And so when people are not in control, there can be a lot of fear. But here's the thing. God gives us this power and he tells us we are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the the earth, we are the light for the world. We are the ones who are supposed to go out and um, and do these good deeds so that God would be glorified. But we are supposed to share. And the salt, if it's not if it's not used, if it's not if, if it doesn't say, how do we stay salty? I've talked to people about that before. You know, mm -hmm. how do we stay salty? And what is the salt? And I heard um, Father Atraga from Holy Spirit yesterday. It was really cool. He said, "What is the salt?" So if we say, "Okay, we talk about we're supposed to be the the salt," was the salt of the earth? Was hmm. that on the, in that reading was it salt of earth or the salt of the world? I get the word. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Okay, yeah. So if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, what is the salt? And he said, the salt is God's love. The salt is God's love. 
And I thought, oh, wow, okay, that's so simple because here, then we also talked last week about how, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. So God's love is the Holy Spirit. So the salt is God's love. The salt is the Holy Spirit. And so we are supposed to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we walk out and we become the Holy Spirit for the world. We allow the Holy Spirit to be poured out onto the world. We are the vessel by which that happens. And, you know, by virtue of our baptism, we are called to be priest, prophet, king. We are supposed to be the ones who are who are out there, that the priest, the pontifex, the bridge, the bridge mm-hmm. between man and God. We're supposed to each do that in whatever we, way we can. And what is the bridge between man and God? But the love of God, but the Holy Spirit. You know, so it mm-hmm. all comes full circle and it gets becomes so excited, exciting. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to start <laughs> slurring and, and not being able to speak my words well because I get so excited about this. But that's what this is all about. And that's what these charisms are. These charisms are a free gift that were given to each of us for God to love the world. Mm. And people don't realize this. You know, when we talked last time about the sevenfold gifts and we said the ones in Isaiah, those are for us. You know, and Josh, like what you just said, I've got this really cool gift where I'm listening to God and he'll tell me to do or not do something. Or those are those ways, those different, the gifts of knowledge and piety and um, fear of the Lord and, and wisdom. All of those gifts are for me to be able to be a better Christian and to walk more fully into my who I am and my identity in Christ. But I think what that also does, what those sevenfold gifts do, is it makes us amenable, teachable, ready to really receive the charisms and do something yeah. with the charisms. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I think we each have something. I mean, we have multiple gifts a lot of times that are... And I love what you said. I mean, if you think about it that way, each charism is almost like a love letter from God to us, mm. to the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's almost like a, a three-part <laughs> experience. Um, I don't know about your charism. One of mine is uh, the gift of flight. No, I'm just kidding. That would be really cool if it was. <laughs> Teleportation. You know what? I think we get that when we go to heaven. Yeah. I have a a good friend who's her mom just passed away um, last week and and she was just a beautiful child of God. And and her mom was in a wheelchair for the last several years of her life. And so she said, I was thinking about my mom in heaven. And I was thinking, you know what? She might not have to, she she can finally walk again. Did I say this last week? I don't remember. I can finally walk again. And then, um, and then she said, wait a second. Maybe she doesn't even want to walk. Maybe she's up there flying around. So Josh, maybe she did get that gift. That she's up there pre- just yeah. flying around. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, you know, I think that the other thing for me to remember too is you bring something up. I think that if I'm using a gift of or charism of the Holy Spirit, not only am I letting other people feel God's love, but I think that we get those moments where we feel God's love even more mm. mightily, mm. especially if it's a gift, if we're using it in service for others, mm-hmm. which like you said, that's really the ultimate function of a charism, right? Right, right. So um, it kind of, if you wouldn't mind, I kind of want to read this St. Francis prayer. Yeah, and, and she, I think that this is a beautiful prayer. And it's, if by the way, if you have... Any people in your life that you're trying to evangelize, this is a great way to get their toe in the water. I think it's a pretty gentle prayer, but, you know, hit some pretty major pit stops. Uh, so um, this is the St. Francis prayer. I'll just say, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to be loved as to love. 
For it's in self, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. So I think that the, the last thing, you know, one of my, I guess one of my charisms it says here is uh, yeah, Josh caregiving. Took the, Josh took the assessment. I did, yeah. <laughs> I failed. No. <laughs> there's no failing. I, I pulled an all-nighter to try to. <laughs> and there's no studying. Yeah, I think I cheated. No, okay. Um, so I had to get back on Adderall to pull this off. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so this is um, interesting. I think this last phrase of the St. Francis prayer is really cool. So like one of mine is, is caregiving, right, and evangelization. And it says here in dying that we awaken to eternal life. Mm-hmm. I love that's the last phrase. Well, yeah, I mean, there's the spiritual significance of that. And yeah. when we when we pass away, we are... You know, I believe that that if we are, you know, die in that state of grace and we're in union with with our Lord and Savior, um, we get to experience eternal life with Him. However, I think that God gives us glimpses of the kingdom mm-hmm. here on earth. You know, and not just in how our charisms—I mean, one—in how our charisms manifest and how they bless and help other people. But I'll say the other side of that is I think when we use our charisms in service of others very selflessly, mm-hmm. one of the incredible gifts that we get in return um, sometimes—and this is not always—but we get, um, I think, internal glimpses of the kingdom too, where we feel an overwhelming sense of God's love and mm-hmm. joy that is. Something that we knew that the world could never supply, mm-hmm. you know, no matter, you couldn't, something you just can't buy. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, that's the other side of that. And I think of one of the fruits of using your charisms should, I would say, should be joy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. something that is unshakable and not um, a conditional happiness. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. it's not based on a dollar sign mm-hmm. or a level of success, but rather more along the lines of what Mother Teresa said: God doesn't call us to be successful, just faithful. Right, and right. I think when we use our charisms correctly, we are exercising a, a powerful degree of faithfulness. Yeah, you know, and so I think that you've exactly said it, Josh. That some of the some of some of the ways that we see we've got we we are using the charism is there there is this unmistakable. Um, inner joy that happens that yeah. that does happen and we don't even realize that because the holy spirit has basically come come and taken us over that last line when you said that too about um dying i sometimes think about that as dying to ourself right we're dying to ourselves yeah, kind of like saint paul talks about so we're dying to ourselves and instead we're letting god really take take us over absolutely and so the charisms just to really clarify the charisms that are listed in the New Testament, and they're about, some people say 24 to 26. I've actually heard um, Father Blunt say there are hundreds of um, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So um, that they're listed in um, Ephesians, in First Corinthians, um, in where all this else that I just forgot the other place was Galatians. Galatians is the fruits. But anyway, so they're listed in three different places in the New Testament. And it's, it's important to remember that these charisms are really for other people. And that was the biggest thing I learned when I started learning about the, the spiritual gifts or the charisms was that these weren't for me. They're for other people. They really are. And it's the way that we do lift up the body of Christ. It is the way that we are the salt to the world, to the earth. It is the way that we are the light to the world. That is the way it is. And it's because it's the Holy Spirit working um, through us. Um, Pope John Paul, the um, 
St. Pope John Paul II, he mentions about the Holy Spirit. He said it's God giving himself as a gift. And then mm. when we allow the gifts to work through us, it is other people receiving God's gifts. And and they might receive some of those gifts. So when you just read the St. Francis prayer, that's what happens is people feel love. They feel joy. They feel peace. They feel order. All these things that are of God, mm-hmm. they feel through the charisms that you are sharing with them, that you have. And... um Romans, that was the other book. So Romans, Corinthians, and Ephesians, those are where you can read about the various spiritual gifts or these these charisms. And some people say, well, I don't know what mine are. I, 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 took, I take some of the assessments and I don't get it. Here's one of the, the, the hints that I heard as well, is the more time you spend with God in prayer and in mm, praise, you know, the more time you spend with him, the more clear you are on what your charisms are, because that can really impact you understanding how is he using you? How does he want to use you? And um, so it's really important to recognize that. The other thing that I'm going to mention real briefly, and I want Josh, you to comment on this as well, is the difference between these spiritual gifts and your talents. Because your talents are things that oftentimes you inherit from your parents. You know, you often, mm-hmm. oftentimes you see this artistic family or this real musical family. So talents can come down from your parents. Your spiritual gifts are cut from God himself. So you may be the only one in your family with a spiritual gift of encouragement or a spiritual gift of administration. Mm-hmm. Because it's really, you know, God always goes for the one. And I think as as Catholic Christians, we're to go for the one as well. Who is the one right in front of us right now? Who is the one who needs God's love and God's hope and God's mm-hmm. peace? And what? how can I give that? And I can only truly give that if I'm pouring out that from God, that what God gives me. So my charisms are the ways that God touches each one who becomes in front of us. And what's really cool about this is because it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will draw that person to you. So if you have a charism of encouragement, Josh, which I know you do, mm-hmm. um, and you've got this beautiful gift of being able to listen to other people and that they that they can really understand the, the love of God and they feel healing and they feel hope, then God is actually going to bring somebody to you who needs that because the Holy Spirit's going to have them be drawn to you Amen. so that you can then pour out onto them. But the other thing about the difference between this gift and the talent is that a talent can be just used for your own purposes. You can just play the piano because you love playing the piano and you get you really get joy from that, but maybe nobody else gets joy from that. Well, that's just a talent. It's not a gift. A talent can also be used for evil. You know, there have been people throughout history who've been very talented at a lot of things, communication and stirring people up or organizing things, and they've done it for evil. A charism cannot be done, used for evil. So you cannot use that gift from God for, mm. for evil. So if you're just tuning in, you are listening to us here in Shelter and Peace on AM 1160, The Quest, and we are talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So as I just shared some of that, Josh, did you have some thoughts about that? Well, yeah, I think for me, uh, I think the one thing that you said that really just brought it home is so powerful. The more time we spend with God... Mm-hmm. the more he illuminates those gifts, right? And I mean, it's such a simple but powerful formula. And I think that gives me a grace to know I don't have to always try to figure it out, you know, that I can let God figure it out for me. And I think the other thing is is I spend time with God, and especially through um, as I've come into the church, I've realized I think some gifts have come to the forefront that I didn't, that kind of were a little dormant before, mm-hmm. you know? I could even say we're maybe in hibernation to some degree. 
One story comes to mind. I think maybe it was a little bit of encouragement. Two things. When I, before all this <laughs> happened, the apocalypse happened, te- the temporary apocalypse, everything's <laughs> getting back to normal now, praise God. But uh, I'll say before that, I was doing stand-up on cruise ships, and one time I was performing. Um, well, when I perform on those ships, I, the two most regular compliments I probably get um outside of, you know, maybe congratulations or thanks for a good show or whatever, or thank you for not using language. Mm-hmm. Bad language. Yes, yes, thank you for not using yeah, yeah. any language. I just go up there and I'm a mime. No. <laughs> yeah, and so thank you for not using language and um, in, a, in, a, in a decent amount of thank you for your witness because I'll sneak mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm. I'll sneak it in. You know, I'll talk about some of my um, life before uh god and then i'll say you know then i'll talk about my recovery and i'll say you know thanks to jesus christ and 12-step recovery i've been sober over 11 years and you know it's a quick pit stop for a a secular audience that a lot of times they're just throwing back a lot of drinks but it's it's there right and there are other ways i sneak it in too but the people who are astute will -hmm. come up and thank me for Mm -hmm. that right and um the other thing that's really cool is one time I was doing a show on this ship and somebody came up to me afterwards and this is someone we were kind of going back and forth some during the show, but playfully. I, I you know, I, we weren't being mean to one another, but uh, she So came, she was in the audience and you were kind of playing off each other. Front row. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. And uh, gosh, she was a, a sassy granny. I'll tell you that, man. She was, <laughs> oh, man. She was a rascal on a rascal, <laughs> just a <laughs> rascal scooter. Uh, anyway, but she was great. I, I love this woman. She and then she came up to me after the show and she said, um, "She was just talking and we just talked and talked and eventually she told me, you know, I want to let you know I have cancer mm-hmm. and I was supposed to get chemotherapy before this cruise, but I chose to not get it because I did not want this to impact my experience and my wow. good time and I'm going to enjoy my time on here and." Um, and by the end of the conversation, me and some other people that were just listening in, I guess, we were all, I think, holding hands in a circle and praying in front of the comedy club wow. around midnight, you know, on this cruise ship. And the next day I'm walking to the ship and I hear this woman, this this, this older voice in the distance say, and he was so nice and he talked to me after and he prayed for me and there he is and so like (laughs) you know i think that's really such a beautiful when that kind of stuff happens it makes me think you know i feel like i'm right where i'm supposed to be i and i Mm -hmm. question you know that too often but i think when you have those singular moments of grace where you're pointing someone to to jesus Mm -hmm. It's an unmistakable feeling that I'm right where I am supposed to be at the moment. And I think that's probably another gift of the charisms is this feeling of trust and being in the palm of God's hands. And, you know, like they said in the St. Francis prayer, God, may I be an instrument of your peace. Well, the thing is, an instrument doesn't play itself. Right, right. Right. So, I mean, if I'm truly an instrument, I'm letting God... Um, I'm letting God use me and, and, you know, play me in a sense to yeah. uh, accomplish his mission on earth. And it kind of goes back to that phrase of like, if, if Jesus is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. We are the instrument. We are the vessel. We are the ones that God is going to use. And especially right now, and I've said it before and I'll say it again because I think so many people are struggling. 
what can I do? They feel helpless. They feel a little hopeless with all the things that are happening. And it is very clear that the evil one is really trying to stir things up right now. So what do we have? Well, guess what? We've got the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit who defeated death and he lives within us. And he wants to use us. He wants us to be the instrument. And we just have to say yes, you know, and really stepping into the, that, that disposition of docility from, um, from the Old Testament and allowing God to use us. But then understanding what our charisms are, understanding what those gifts are, and then stepping fully into them. Because, you know, if, if you're saying, okay, I'm here on earth and I really want to do God's will, but you don't know what gifts he's given you to do his will. I mean, that's kind of a, you're kind, you know, you you kind of maybe need to do a little work there. And so if you go and you find out what your gifts are, what these charisms are, and they can change from time to time and they will change. I I did have, um, I've taught these gifts a number of times over the years. And I had one woman who said, oh my gosh, I got the most boring gift. I got the gift of administration. Well, guess what? For those of us who don't have the gift of administration, you bring a sense of order to our world and we really appreciate your gifts. So mm-hmm. all of the gifts are important. You know, we've read that in scripture as well, that all of the gifts are important and they're there. Um, it's, it's very clear that we need them, but they can change over time. I said, you know, we'll just pray and ask God to continue to pour out over you. You want the Holy Spirit to continue to pour out over you and give you. And she ended up a couple of years later, she said, oh my gosh, I now have the gift of intercessory prayer. Wow. And, and she stepped fully into that gift. And sometimes you got to try it on. You got to walk into it. You got to allow God to let it happen within you. Um, this adorable um, sister who is on that that video by Father um, Dave Pavanka, she said, "Life in the Spirit is never dull. It can be a little scary because you lose control, but the hundredfold of it, you're ex- the, you experience opportunities that you never knew were possible. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're doing things like." hosting a radio show that you never knew was possible. And it's so cool to, to recognize that, that we have those opportunities. So, you know, allow yourself to walk into those. And it also gives you the freedom to say no to some certain things as well, mm. because I know I don't have the gift of administration. So when somebody asked me to lead something, I could say no. And then I allow somebody else who's got the gift to step into it. But if I know I've got the gift of encouragement and somebody asked me to be a Stephen minister, I can say, yeah, let me walk into it. And I know that it becomes I, 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 um, I'm affirmed in my gift by how other people respond. So Josh, the story you just told the affirmation that you have the gift of, of encouragement was affirmed by watching what happened to that lady and how she was just telling everybody else and how it changed her life and her, her experience there on the ship. That affirmation, um, is what God gives you back to affirm you and to let you know that, yes, you are walking in my will right now. Mm. Yeah. So you are listening to us here on AM 1160, The Quest, Atlanta Catholic Radio. Uh, Our show is Shelter in Peace. And if you miss any of our shows, we, you can actually go on the website and all of these live shows are also recorded as well. And so you can um, listen to those online um, at our on our website or on our app and you can look up some of the past shows but after we go to break in just about 40 seconds or so here we are going to bring our mystery guest on for the day and he is a priest in the archdiocese of atlanta who has got a beautiful ministry um, in a lot of ways but he also has a great gift of understanding the holy spirit and done a lot of work with the various um, works of the holy spirit so we'll hear from him so um stay tuned and we will be back shortly The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Think of the most famous unplanned pregnancy. Mary, a poor unmarried teenager, accepted God's will for her life. Her unplanned pregnancy brought us the Savior of the world. 
Just as Mary said yes to life, the mothers of Tim Tebow, Beethoven, Nick Cannon, and JP2 all rejected abortion for their child. Yet all of them have impacted the world through their lives. To the families feeling burdened by an unplanned pregnancy, have faith in God's plan. All babies are made in the image and likeness of God. Let every child be born for the birth of every child changes the world. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is Trent Horn from Catholic Answers Live. The COVID-19 situation has affected us all, including your local Catholic radio station. We need your help to make sure this vital missionary work continues. No gift is too small. Together, we can make a difference. Please make a donation to support the work of this station today. Thank you, and God bless you. Donate at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Good morning and welcome back to AM 1160 The Quest and the show Shelter in Peace. I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm here with my co-host Josh Harris. Good to see you guys. Yes, and we are so excited. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit and specifically the charisms of the Holy Spirit. And we have got a special mystery guest today who we promised you. And so this priest in the Archdiocese of Atlanta just celebrated his 27th anniversary of being a priest. Not to make him sound old, but I, you know what? I'll, I'll say it myself. I met him when he first became a priest and he was at Christ the King Cathedral and I was um, a parishioner and volunteer there as well. So uh, I've been with him in this journey as well. And he is also currently the um, pastor of St. Michael in Gainesville, Georgia. And he has done a lot of work in the charismatic renewal and, and, and movement here in Atlanta and life in the spirit and just all kinds of wonderful things. So we are welcoming to the quest, Father Tim Hepburn. Hello, Father Tim. Hi, y'all. Good to hear from you. It's good to it's good to hear your voice, Father Tim. And when I told a few people that we were going to have you on air today, they were so very excited. You have got quite the fan club out there. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good thing. That is a good thing. You know, and I forgot to mention you also used to be the vocation director. So we've got a lot of um, younger priests who probably really appreciate having you on today as well. Yes, I had seven wonderful years in the vocations office. That was my longest assignment to date. I heard you were great, like just a killer used car salesman, man. You would just get them right into the seminary. No problem. I would. I would. I would. No interest. I promised promised them the world. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's awesome. So go ahead, Father Tim. I promised them. Uh, what did Jesus say? Hardship in this life and eternal eternal life in the next. And you know, that just sounds like I'd go right for that, wouldn't you, Josh? I'd I just jump that. right on that bandwagon. 
<laughs> That's oh, great. Zero down, eternal life. I love that. It's a good, yeah. good yeah. sales pitch. I'm all aboard. A hundred percent down. Yeah, in eternal life. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There. Yep. Um, so, Father Tim, you know we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and so we would just love to hear. Um, you've got such a wealth. We don't want to interrupt it with a lot of extraneous questions or comments. So, would you just? We're just asking to kick off by telling us, uh, telling our listeners about yourself and kind of your story and how the Holy Spirit just wove all the way into into bringing you into this amazing um, vocation that you have. Yeah, sure. I'd love to because I am so grateful to God even for the weird way that I sort of came back to my Catholic faith. <laughs> uh, and um, basically, it's a story of kind of being raised um, in a traditional, but not well, traditional in the sense of just the way Catholics raised their families in the 60s and 70s. Um, that's when I was growing up in St. Jude Parish in Sandy Springs. And um, it's a it's a story of receiving all the sacraments and receiving um, uh, a good amount of catechesis, um, but but sort of like the switch never getting turned on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in those days, you know, um, in those days, there wasn't much Catholic, youth, good Catholic youth ministry. Mm. There, were, there was like, you know, CCD classes. We called it Confraternity of Catholic Doctrine, CCD. Uh, but there weren't there wasn't a lot of great youth ministry, mm-hmm. and so um, you know I did get I did get sort of pointed in the right direction, but not by Catholics. I was involved in an organization called Young Life mm-hmm. oh, um, cool. in um, high school, and you know it's pretty amazing that a lot of those people that are in high school that I was friends with we still um, talk every once in a while. And, I had a question. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you. So, did you start? Yeah. Did you, was were you Protestant at this point? Because, or were you were you uh, still? Did you grow up Catholic? No, I grew up Catholic, and um, Young Life was basically, you know, it was sort of like a a, a good ex- expression of peer pressure in high school. <laughs> that it was sort of like a social thing that everybody did, whether they yeah. were Christian or not. There were lots of Jewish kids that would come and. It was just a lot of fun, and so it wasn't like a heavy Christian um, experience until for young life until you go to the camps. But yeah. the weekly things. But my parents, so my parents got tired of hearing my my brother and I complain about um, going to religious education. So at one point, I think it was after we were confirmed, they said, "Well, look." You don't want to go to high school CCD anymore. Um, you still have to go to mass with us on Sunday, um, or you still have to go to mass on Sunday. Uh, but if you want to go to Young Life instead, you can go to that. So a lot of parents would say, "No, that's terrible." But my my, I think my parents were wise. They wanted to keep us um, on the right direction and with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they knew you'd just gotten confirmed, so you had the Holy Spirit within you, so hopefully there was going to be something that God was going to stir up in your hearts through um, whatever means that he was going to use, whether it was young life or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I went on a young what? life trip when I was when I was 17. It was, it was a, a tour of the West. I actually got kicked off of it, though. I was not... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was I was actually Jewish at the time, but wasn't anything. I think that they, you know I got kicked off right before the camp, which is like when they closed the deal, man. So uh, I kind of missed out in some ways. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you what you were doing to get kicked off. <laughs> you can do that later in confession, Father. How about there that? You go. <laughs> I'm sure Josh is already. We, can we up. mute everything? Just do do like a one minute blackout. <laughs> there you go, Annie. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Father Tim, I'm laughing when you were talking about CCD. You know my memory whenever I think of CCD. So, as you know, I grew up on Guam, which is a very Catholic island. And so I went to CCD as well. I grew up like you. Father Tim and I are exactly the same age. So I grew up in the 60s and 70s, too. What I remember about CCD is catching tadpoles in the um, mud puddles behind the little classroom where we had CCD. Isn't that sad? Mm. Uh, It is sad because so many people, you ask them and they remember catching tadpoles or cutting out felt and pasting it on banners or drawing lots of pictures. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to say anything bad about the intentions of the people that were teaching us. Cause I know some mm-hmm. of them are probably listening to this show. <laughs> and I should, I should say thank you to all the time that you gave to try to teach the young people, but it was just a certain age where I don't think people really knew what to do. They were sort of told, don't um, don't catechize anymore with the Baltimore Catechism mm. and make it an intense classroom memor- memorization thing. Um, and they say, well, what am I supposed to do? Nobody was really helping them. Yeah. <laughs> and so they said, just make it fun. And so people tried their best. Yeah. Um, but I think also something you said, um, it, it made me think that, you know, there's a whole... Uh, theology that I became aware of in the church that um, it was sort of, it was sort of, it came into prominence to sort of protect uh, the sacramental life of the church. Mm -hmm. And um, in sort of in opposition or maybe in reaction to the Protestant Reformation, Mm -hmm. who was, um, who was in general saying, you need to experience the fact that you're saved. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church said, no, the, the, Catholic, the sacraments are not tied to any necessary experience. And so um, it's called, uh, the, the, the Catholic Church said that the, the work that's worked in the sacraments, it works, mm-hmm. because God is faithful to His Word. And so, like, even if you're not like a super believer, but you go to the Eucharist, you still get the, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if the priest who's just celebrating that Mass is a scoundrel, <laughs> you still get the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there, there was a, a move in the Catholic Church to ensure the grace that comes through the sacraments. And so that translated into popular Catholic life of saying, well, just get the kid the First Communion, just get the kid the Confirmation, and hopefully they'll get that grace. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, but the problem is, it's never been thought that that grace is going to be a major experience in your life. Hmm. Wow. Which that's that. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so basically I, when I got to high school um, and college, my experience of the mysteries of the faith was not strong enough or experiential enough to sort of counter all the majorly experiential things that were impacting me <laughs> in the 60s and 70s, <laughs> like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right, exactly. Yeah. And all this stuff happening on college campuses, which I've got a a rising sophomore in college. So yes, I just pray every single day because of all of that that's oper- out there, those opportunities. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it wasn't ever so much that I, um, like, chose against the faith. I think I still would have, in whatever way I could articulate it when I was in college, I would still say, yeah, I believe in the, I'm Catholic. I would say, I believe in that Jesus is in the Eucharist and in the tabernacle. I would say things like that, mm-hmm. but I never went to Mass. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't do anything for my faith. And so I started becoming kind of overwhelmed by my own personal sin, um, overwhelmed by the fact that I liked a lot of my own personal sin. Uh, and so I, I needed something from God that I could know it was God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big change in my life came when I just really started to get worried that I was becoming a bad person. Because mm. I had always been raised to think that I was going to be a good person, but the evidence was showing itself more and more pretty bad. Mm. And so I, I really had to um, start asking God. And basically, I was praying prayers like, uh, God, you know, I know that you can throw St. Paul on the ground on the road <laughs> to Damascus. If you would just do something like that in my life, yeah, then I would, I would be on your side and I'd be a good Catholic. So it's almost like you realized you didn't have the strength, but you knew he did, so you were asking him to take over. And I think this is the yeah. point in your story where you woke up one morning and there was an application for the priesthood under your pillow. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're saying that because I think I told you before. I had no desire, no thought ever growing up that I wanted to be a priest. And so I was not even, I was never even an altar server. <laughs> So what so, happened no. next? I'm just, I'm captivated, man. Where was the, when did the, so you're starting to veer and there's this inner conviction. Was there something that, a few more steps down the road that, that helped activate a, a change in a time where all the uh, secular forces are, you know, the undertow is pointing in the opposite direction of the teachings of the faith? Well, this is where it gets weird. Okay, okay, weird listeners. Weird sort of way. But, um... It really came down to a, a time when I was, my parents were gone, and I was babysitting their house. Uh, I was home for the summer from college, and I really um, got on my knees and I said, "God, uh, you have to show me that you're real." Mm. Wow! And and if you will, I will. Um, I'll do whatever you want. And um, thinking that God had not answered my prayer. Uh, I got back on the couch, lit up a cigarette, started flipping through the channels on the TV, which by that time we had remote control, so you could do that. <laughs> uh, You're aging us, Father Tim. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so one thing I never... Uh-oh. We can hear you. You're good. Can you hear me okay? Yep, we can still hear you. I don't you. know why that... Okay. Um, so... This is bothering me. Okay. <laughs> so Father Sorry. Tim's about to tell us about his road to Damascus experience. So you can ignore yeah, the ringing yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> ignore the ringing in the background. So um, I never watched religious programming on TV. Um, but this particular day, I was flipping through the channels. And here comes this this evangelist. And he was a special brand of Protestant called the Pentecostal. Uh-huh. And he, and he was saying something like this on the TV. 
He was saying, many of you who are watching this program are living defeated Christian lives mm. um, because you've never, you've never trusted God to give you what he, tr- what he gave the apostles at Pentecost, wow. uh, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he said, then he said, tune in tomorrow, and we'll pray. <laughs> and so that gave, that gave me 24 hours to um, really say, yes, I do want the Holy Spirit. I want more, if, if the Holy Spirit can be more real in my life, I want that. And so the next day I prayed on the, uh, with the, with the <laughs> preacher, and, you know, it's kind of stereotypically weird that people make fun of people who extend their hand toward the TV and everything, but... <laughs> Um, I I think it was, I think God was saying, oh, good, he's finally ready Mm. and stepping out in faith. And uh, I had, it really caused a revolution in my life. You know, some people call it, some people call it being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, Pope Benedict, he, he used that phrase one time. He said, I want to invite you all to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he sort of gave a little definition of it in in Catholic sacramental terms. He said, um, I want you to recover an awareness of your baptism and your confirmation. Oh, wow. So it's sort of like even after your baptism and your confirmation, you can have an action of the Holy Spirit in your life and recover awareness Mm -hmm. of what those things mean. And so it it was a pretty massive revolution in my life. That first made me think I was a Pentecostal. <laughs> hmm. I, went to, I started going to Mount Perrin Church of God, but I, I don't. I didn't become a member. I just think I went there two times, and then the second time I was at Mount Perrin Church of God, I was praying there in the church um, after the service, and I had my eyes closed, and all that kept coming to my mind was my grandmother praying her rosary. Oh, wow. wow! And I kept saying. Jesus, get my grandmother praying my rosary out of my mind. I'm trying to pray. <laughs> and, and Jesus, finally, finally, I realized Jesus was saying, uh, yeah, your grandmother's praying for you. She always has. And um, I raised you where I want you to be. Go back to your church. Wow. Oh, how wow. beautiful. How beautiful. So uh, it, was a, it was a pretty, you know, that was the beginning of maybe like a two-year um, sort of School of the Holy Spirit. There's a great book by um, Jacques, Father Jacques Philippe called The School of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I had my own little School of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and what that meant was that every day I got up and I praised God, I worshiped God just on my own, and I read the Bible. And then more and more I started to get the Catholic perspective on things. Um, Scott Hahn was just becoming, Dr. Scott Hahn was just becoming popular and so I was reading the Bible with new eyes, and uh, the Catholic faith was just becoming alive to me. I started going back to Mass. Still wasn't thinking about being a priest, but I started going to confession. Wow. I made that super-duper confession. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was it my first confession. It was my first heartfelt confession. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's like a hostage situation in there for that priest, yeah. isn't it? We've been there. <laughs> You know, Father Tim, as you're describing that, um, one of the quotes that I found when we were talking about like the sevenfold gifts and things really comes to mind. It's one by Pope Francis, and he's talking about piety. And it sounds like God was really um, that one of the sevenfold gifts from Isaiah, 
Isaiah, God was really building that gift within you. Um, but this was so beautiful. And it sounds like exactly what you're describing. He said, um, Pope Francis said, piety is a recognition of our belonging to God, our deep bond with him, a relationship that gives meaning to our whole life and keeps us resolute in communion with him, even during the most difficult and troubled moments. And it almost sounds like yeah. that's what you were describing. It's beautiful. And, you know, I think it's so powerful, too, how God nudges us. You know, he, he leads us one step at a time. And it was the TV, then to Mount Perrin. And now you're, you know, this, this moment. I just think, what a grace to see your, your grandmother praying that rosary. I have a question. A, a question. question. Um, yeah. A question about confession. After that first confession, that big confession, was, I mean, did you feel, um, I'm, I'm just assuming there was, there was definitely a grace and a, and a huge burden of, or just a lightness, perhaps, a burden that was lifted or a lightness. Did it, did it add clarity to the, uh, the journey for you? Yes, because um, I'll be really honest that I, I had never allowed God into um, the reasons why I committed my my favorite but worst sins. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so this confession was the first time I ever allowed God to love me, even in my worst, mm-hmm. and even starting to. Um, have a prayerful dialogue with God about wow. why I like what I like and which of those things are healthy, good things, and which of those things are not. And, you know, um, so it, it was powerful in being loved, really, in my wretchedness mm-hmm. <laughs> and also promised healing um, healing in my life. Mm. So it was it was very much an experience of being loved. It, it was um, like a son. Amen. That is beautiful. So, Father Tim, we've got about five minutes left here at Shelter and Peace, and um, I want to really give you that opportunity to share with our listeners just more about the Holy Spirit. I mean, this has been a beautiful story of how the Holy Spirit drew you closer into that, just that heart of God and allowing you to feel that healing and that love. Um, But what what do our listeners need to know about the Holy Spirit, especially during this time? Um, I think that the Church... Um, has been given such a powerful sign, in a sense, even in this COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. um, that we must be able to access the grace of God, um, whether we're at church receiving sacraments or distant from the church and not able to receive sacraments. Mm-hmm. And I say that because sacraments um, have always been considered to give the grace that they signify, mm-hmm. but they've never be they've never been considered sufficient to make themselves fruitful. Wow. What I mean by that is, is like, you know, if you don't have faith and you make the sacrament of marriage, um, that sacrament can't become spiritually fruitful until you do have faith. Mm. Saint Tom- Saint Thomas Aquinas listed about five things. You can find them in Sherry Waddell's book called uh, Forming Intentional Disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, it lists about five things that will block or impede a sacrament from becoming fruitful. And one of the main one is lack of faith. Um, another one is lack of desire to change or to be new. Mm-hmm. And so, and so um, we've just been given 
an opportunity to learn how to have faith in our own home, you know, and to let the Holy Spirit come to us wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Catholics, we've got to become better at that because we've we've gone through a sort of a cultural um, sort of settling into the sacramental life in such a way that we've almost put at the high bar receiving sacramental grace, mm. but not receiving the grace to make our sacraments fruitful. Wow. And that grace that makes sacraments fruitful is a charismatic grace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a grace that comes to us through faith. Um, I think that the uh, Vatican, the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, was given uh, permission by Pope Francis to write a letter to the Church called uh, Fancy Latin Juvenescent Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was about the um, perpetual validity and um, presence of the charismatic dimension of the Church alongside the institutional and sacramental mm. part of the Church. Mm. And it, it explicitly says in there that um, part of the goal, most, the, the largest goal of the charisms is for mission, mm-hmm. equipping a Christian for their mission. But sort of a secondary um, blessing of charisms is that they awaken sacramental graces mm. that may be like uh, not received in faith. Received, but not received in faith. That is great. Man. The way John Paul II said it was, it can be a capacity, baptism can be, remain in you like a capacity, not an actuality. Gotcha. So it's almost like we we receive all this, but we're not doing anything with it. We're just letting it sit there. Well, yeah. I would like to see, um, in confirmation preparation, I would love to see young people awaken to the possibility that um, they're going to receive um, charisms at their Pentecost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That would be beautiful. That they, just like the first disciples, knew that, hey, I'm sitting here waiting for a promise of God and I'm supposed to go do something with it. And I'm I'm in, gr- yeah. in great expectation and anticipation that I'm going to get some stuff. I'm going to be able to talk to people in, in tongues and in, in ways that they've never been able to hear mm. before, right? Wow, that would be so cool. Yeah, that's super cool. So, Father yeah. Tim, I wish we could have you on in the future. Maybe we can um, schedule some more time with you in another um, another one of our episodes because there's so much um, richness in what you're talking about. But we've only got about another minute or so. Um, so I would love for you to have any last comments for our listeners, and then also if you would just pray for our listeners as well. You know what? I would just like to say this prayer that um, one of my mentors. He's now with Jesus, but his name is Father Francis Martin, one of the most brilliant Bible scholars I've ever met, and I got to know him. And he would begin every one of our classes with a a prayer from the Eastern liturgy um, to the Holy Spirit. Perfect. And I've sort of added some to it. So let me just pray that prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to be with us, okay? Great. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Advocate, Counselor, Spirit of Truth, Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus, Choir Master of Life and Treasury of All That Is Good, Promise of the Father, mm-hmm. come to us, dwell in us, save us and cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls, O Good One. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Father Tim, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for being our guest today on Shelter and Peace. And as I said, we would love to have you come back. For those of you listening who would really like to hear more about this conversation, you are welcome to go onto our website and you can listen to a recording of this. All you Father Tim fans, you can go and listen to this. Um, Listen up for us next Wednesday again, same time, same place, Wednesday at 11 o'clock for Shelter and Peace. Um, For Josh Harris and Annie Porter, I'm Mari Cleveland. Thank you for being with us today. And Father Tim, thank you.